welcome to the second series of the Reworked podcast, brought to you by diversity consultancy EW Group. I'm Rachel Wilson, and every fortnight I'll be speaking to CEOs, HR leaders and workplace activists about the steps they are taking to reform and rework organisational culture. So, Anthony Francis, welcome to the Reworked podcast. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be here in, in the City of London on potentially the hottest day of the year, uh, to hear more about what you're doing at Lloyd's, um, Lloyd's Bank, Lloyd's Banking Group, in fact. Uh, just to give you a little bit of background to the listeners about your career, um, correct me if I've got any of these details wrong, but you completed a degree in forensic computing. I did. Which sounds like a whole other podcast interview. <laughs> um, and then went to work at a, an SME for a year before mm-hmm. joining Lloyd's on their, their grad scheme. Um, You've been here about five years yes. at Lloyd's. Um, now a transformation manager. Yes. So I guess still within the IT. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been at transformation division. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and you've been recognised recently by the FT. I have. As yes. uh, among the top fifty ethnic minority future leaders. I know. <laughs> How exciting! Very, very exciting. So alongside your day job, obviously, um, as a transformation manager, uh, you you're. Making, definitely making waves as a passionate advocate for diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. um, and an LGBT plus ally at Lloyd's. Um, so I'm, I'm really, there's loads, we, there's loads of stuff we could talk about. I think we, we decided we would focus a little bit on role modelling and, mm-hmm. um, and intersectionality because you're the lead for that yeah. at Lloyd's. But can we just go back a little bit and just start with how you became a diversity role model because it's not your... It's a different hat that you wear, it's not your day job, so... Yeah, sure. Um, so I guess, well, when I was at R&P Enterprise, the smaller place I, I worked, I had no idea what inclusion diversity was, to be honest. Um, I think the only thing that I kept hearing about was when some of the large organisations we worked with wanted to get females through, mm. the, through their sort of door um, and on their graduate scheme. Um, and then so I got to understand a little bit more about it sort of as the year went on there. Um, and then as I joined Lloyd's, it's kind of a big initiative here, um, IND. So I got to be aware of it then um, and understand it. However, at that point, I was just solely based on my work. Mm. I just started here. Um, I wanted to make a really good impact sort of on the graduate scheme that I joined and with the team. And so I didn't really focus anything around IND. Um, and then I guess, for me, I wasn't being my true self at work. Um, so I kind of wondered... It had been about eight or nine months, and I thought, actually, I've been lying to these people all this time now. Mm. Um, where, where are you going on a weekend? Oh, I can't remember the name of that, um, but X, Y, Z. And then I had an opportunity to attend London Pride with um, the Rainbow, so our LGBT plus network here. Okay. And I went along, nervous because I didn't know anyone, you know, and I took my friend Callum with me. And I had such a good day be myself and I met some people some friends etc who did a lot in the IND space and I really wanted to sort of wanted to do a little bit more but I never knew how so off the back of London Pride I sent a tweet and um, in the tweet I made reference to how good it felt to be a person of colour at London Pride Um, and then that tweet went into sort of a pack that we sent to some of our senior leaders in the organisation so a slide pack and it got sent around just before Brighton Pride weekend so I was at home on a Friday, working from home, and I got this email with this pack in, and um, I thought, 
do you know what, I'm going to forward this around my team because this is the, the way for me to come out to them. Mm. So I did that, came out to them, and then I had an opportunity to just kind of grasp inclusion and diversity and to really just start, I suppose, treading water there and to understand how I could support it. Because I guess, for me, being a person of colour who's gay, you don't really see many people around like that. So it was really important for me to, now that I had come out at work... Um, to just see what opportunities there were in including diversity for me to make an impact and mm. for me to help, you know, younger people like myself. There's a saying that's, um, be who you needed when you were younger, right? And I really oh, stick to nice that. Thing. Yeah. yeah, I think it just really helps me, you know, and drives me in that space. Um, and there's always lots of opportunities, I think, to be helping people yeah. who need your help. Oh, but, what a great story! Yeah. So it was, in many ways, it was the structure that Lloyd's was providing however many years this is ago, four years ago, yeah. it was the structure that the, co- the company was providing that enabled you to really yeah. be, be yourself at work and exactly connect that. with colleagues. I think what, what happened was, because I'd been lying for so long, I felt that it would be so weird for me now to say, oh, by the way, actually, um, I'm gay. Rather than, but what Pride did, it gave me an excuse, yeah. you know? And I think yeah. sometimes I've, I've spoken with... Um, a colleague now who's left, his name was Matt, and um, he's, he was bisexual. And I remember chatting to him, I said, what you need to do is you just need to find your excuse. He'd been here for about 10 years and no one knew. Um, different for him because his ex-partner, who was female, was here. So he didn't know how it would impact her. Mm. But I said, find your excuse and um, you'll be well away. And he found his excuse and he was well away. So I think, you know, like anyone in that space really needs to find an excuse. But yeah, yeah. I think the structure that Lloyd's have in place really helped with that, yeah. which is good. Um, and obviously, it sounds as though potentially quite a different culture from where you were at the SME, the startup company beforehand. Yeah. It, Could you have imagined coming out of there? Do you know, I did. I I was out there. Oh, you were? Yeah, yeah, yeah oh, okay. which is really interesting because there's, so there's that stat, isn't there? I think, is it 62% of graduates that go back into the closet um, when mm. they start a graduate role? And I think it's... I was out at the SME because it was... Everyone was a bit younger. There's about 30 people there. Um, everyone becomes your friends and you go for drinks after work. Mm. Whereas when I started at Lloyd's and the graduate scheme I started on was um, a bit more of a specialist one. So there were about 10 people on that scheme in London. Um, you, you don't go for drinks after work with your team because they're going home to their family. Some of them, I had my own prejudices. There's someone in my team um, who went to church every week. Okay? And I was thinking, oh my gosh, you're going to hate it. You know, so I actually it was myself that stopped me from doing that when I first joined here, um, which I always found interesting because mm. when I came out, I always thought, oh, do you know what? You never, people are always going to know you're gay now. Um, so yeah, which is a bit mm. interesting. It is that is interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you now found yourself as a diversity role model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how does that how does that feel? Does that feel? Is that something you wear comfortably? Because I imagine for some people that potentially that could weigh quite heavy on somebody's shoulders, being yeah. a role model of any of any description. Yeah. It's, so when I first was identified, I should, I should use that word. I don't know. Um, as a role model, it's on an internal list. Yeah. Um, so when you mentioned the FT one, that's that's the scary one. That's when it um, went. <laughs> yeah. Stella. Because you just so I. It always just comes back to me, and I just think of a younger version of myself, and if I think if I saw someone who was similar to me, then it just would have made my 
accepting myself much easier. I feel like it took me ages to really accept that I was gay because I never saw anyone who were person a person of colour and gay. Mm. I didn't see them. Mm. Um, it was really difficult to see gay people anyway, you know, and to kind of, in my mind, you couldn't be both. So for me, being 100% comfortable with who I am, actually I feel like it's my responsibility just to be visible. Um, and I think lots of people out there, the... I guess the role model is a bit scary for them because they kind of think, oh, there's some sense of, you know, responsibility of me to always be professional, always be X, Y, Z. You know, I'm not all the time. Um, if you expect my boyfriend, he will tell you. But, you know, I just kind of think it's not about that. It's just about always being authentic, mm. you know, and mm. just be willing to, if someone needs to have a conversation with you, be willing to have that conversation. And I think it's, sometimes it's difficult to, um, to speak up you know, if you hear something wrong or if you see something wrong or if you're just a bit inquisitive. But I think that's what you have to do as a role model. And it's not really being a role model, it's just doing the right thing, mm. I think. Mm. And naturally, people want to give you the label of a role model, which is important too, I guess, you know? And have you found with your increasing visibility, with all your press coverage, that um, people are approaching you internally, you know, other, other colleagues... Yeah, they do. Those, those your visibility is obviously going up, and yeah, it, and it helps, and and that's good because some of them are out, some of them aren't out, mm. and even if I just help a little bit with certain people, I just really enjoy doing that. And I think the good thing about being at Lloyd's is we have lots of resources, lots of people, lots of activities that people can get involved with. Um, I think that first step that people are scared of, that's where I can sort of help mm-hmm. and, um, and sort of bridge the gap there, mm. you know? Yeah. Do you think there's a danger of, um, I mean, maybe less so in an organisation as big as yours, but kind of role model fatigue? So in some organisations, let's take recruitment as an example. Um, they're doing all the right things and they want to, let's say, have a, make sure they have a diverse recruitment panel, which sure, they should yeah. be doing, but there's a danger that it's always the same people who are getting tapped on the shoulder to be rep- representing um, yeah. on the panel. Have you sensed anything? I mean, I don't know whether... You don't sound like you're feeling role model fatigue yourself, but do you, do you notice that in other people? I do, do you know, it's, it's a good question, actually. It's a good point to raise, because I think certain people could feel that way. Oh, it's... You know, it's maybe not even that individual itself, someone from the outside who's looking in and always mm. sees that... Um, you know, Sue is always getting called into here mm. because of X, Y, Z. Um, and then I think eventually Sue probably would begin to feel like that. But mm. I think it's the role model's responsibility to find other people like them and to really bring mm. them up. And actually, um, one of the things that I've started doing is when someone comes to me and says, oh, can you speak at this or can you do that or write this blog? It's actually saying, mm, how about we pull in this another person? you know and give that mm. person the opportunity so we shouldn't the role models should not feel as though they are obliged to always say yes but how about we help raise someone else up how about we mm. give someone else the opportunity so they can mm. you know take on that and hopefully if we're doing our jobs as a role model's good enough there'll be lots of people out there to um you know to, to share the sort of workload with mm. but i do think it is a it is a risk um just because sometimes people in my view, some people are a bit lazy. So when they know that one person, they're just like, oh, well, let's just get my sets. Yeah, yeah. And especially if it's last minute. Oh, let's go and grab, you know. Mm. Um, so I think role models have responsibility, but so does the rest of the organisation mm. um, to, to look, just to open their eyes a little bit wider because, you know, I'm sure there's someone else out there as well. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, that's a really good answer, actually. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, we should be looking for other people to step up. Um, and also people from the majority group as well. Yeah. You know, there's a real, such a lot of power, isn't there, in having yeah. a white middle-aged man as uh, championing different diverse groups. Absolutely. I think, so here at Lloyd's, all of our groups, um, our, our diversity networks have an executive sponsor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we've, we, we find, I think all of them are anyway, um, so in the LGBT space, our executive sponsor is a straight white lady. Yeah, so it's not LGBT. Our executive sponsor mm. before that, Karen, was also a straight white lady. And actually their voices are so loud, mm. you know? They've got such a powerful reach with that. Um, so when they're advocates for us or allies for us, that they do have a, a really mm. loud voice mm. and we should not forget that and we should never assume because someone doesn't identify in a similar way to someone they won't, they won't be supportive of that. Mm. So coming back to the point you raised about diverse um, interview panels, yeah, it's quite nice to have that and I'm sure for the um, interviewee it's quite nice to see that on the panel but we can build one that's not diverse but there's still diverse sort of thinking or diverse yeah. thoughts happening. You know? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, so you, you've touched upon this already, obviously, you are a multifaceted person, as am I, um, but this, and this thing about intersectionality, which is what we call it in the trade, yeah. I suppose, having, let's define that as, uh, you know, all the differences that make up an individual yes. and how they in- intersect, um, it's becoming more and more a hot topic, really, isn't mm-hmm. it? And I noticed that you are also, among other, all these other things, the intersectionality lead. Uh, what does that so? What does that mean at Lloyd's? Yeah, so role model in inter- intersectionality lead. Um, so it's actually something that I positioned towards the end of last year, um, just because over the over the course of last year, I realised that the conversations were more impactful when we actually started discussing about not just LGBT but LGBT BAME disability. Mm. You know, and you're finding out actually we knew that. So the, the specific strands all had the same sort of issues across them. Obviously, there are different ones for different, but lots, let's just say 80% of the issues are similar. Um, but then when you add in someone who's BAME and LGBT, or even BAME and disabled, mm. there's actually these complex issues that we've not thought of yeah. inside there. And it compounds the, the disadvantage yeah. that that person's you likely know? to experience. So, yeah. so for me, it was about, actually, let's just make sure that we start looking at that and focusing on that, all of the networks are also coming together to discuss that. When mm-hmm. we're doing events, which lots of colleagues come to, let's start using that terminology so they're thinking about it because mm. it is a really hot topic. But I think if you're aware of including diversity, it's a hot topic, right? Because we're, we're all aware of that. But I think if you are an ally who, someone who wears a lanyard or you've got your pen, you know, and you, you just, yeah, yeah, I'm supportive of everyone type of thing. You might not hear that term, whereas mm. by us using it now, they're hearing it and they're becoming quite curious about what it's about. Mm. Um, I think at Lloyd's, um, we're still on a journey, specifically as well within the LGBT um, sort of network, we're still on that journey of really, some people are aware, some people aren't, so we need to put everyone on the sort of same um, field about what it what it actually means mm. to us. You did a very good job at sort of explaining it just a moment ago. Um, I've read what it says in the dictionary, and that is very confusing. Um, it sounds like a really complicated 
concept, doesn't yeah. it? But yeah, it sort of is. But I like to just say, basically, you know, if, if we've got more than one difference, you know, like I just explore that, and mm. you know, when we try, when I try to find intersectional role models, it's those people that are just different more than once, and I, some people might say, don't use the word different or not, but you know, I'm LGBT and BAME. I know and people who and a bit, yeah. <laughs> I know some people might like or hate that. Um, but and then you've got some people who are disabled and female, you know, you've got all these different things actually. And I think the more you look at it, the more you realise that it's all around us. But if we have that conversation, I think it will open up the allies' perspective, you know, mm. they'll sort of understand it's not just about this or that, it's it's about everyone type mm. thing. So I just think it's a really important conversation for us to be having, mm. you know? Um, and Lloyds have done it's great that I can get to look into that for, for everyone. Yeah. And you mentioned about staff networks and the networks coming together to share their learning. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you, so, you, so you operate a kind of network of networks model. Yeah, so, so in terms of... Because that ne- really does support yeah. the intersectionality, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. And I think what we found was, so there's always been um, a regular sort of session that all of our network chairs and co-chairs will go to and they'll share sort of the strategy etc um but what we found i think what i started seeing a couple of years ago is the networks the people um not to offend anyone but doing the doing you know sort of the people putting on the events the people writing blogs etc or showcasing people they started coming together to say oh actually let's partner for this mm. you know because we found that there's actually a lot of benefit by having even two of the networks rather than one. Because right there, not only is it a topic and conversation that people are listening to that they might not have heard before, um, but they're also engaging with different people afterwards over networking or whatever it may be, and they're learning as well, you know? So they're not mm. just not just preaching to the choir, we're not just doing that. So I do think networks and networks approach really does help, mm. and I think it adds a lot of value to the conversation that people are having, but also you know, the networks that people get to build themselves and their own mm. development. Mm. Speaking yeah. of networks, I know you're a very well-networked guy. Yeah. So what, uh, and, and I know you're active in sort of sector, ne- industry networks as well across sort of financial services, but um, can I ask you where you look for inspiration outside of Lloyd's? It sounds like Lloyd's are doing some great stuff and I want to finish up on all the great stuff yeah. you're doing, but where, where else do you, who else is doing good, good things? It's a good question. <laughs> it's one of the clients yeah. ask me all the time, so now I'm, I, um, I get the chance to ask you. It's really interesting because lots of people, especially after we became number one in Stonewall, lots of people used to invite us in to talk about what we did. And we never really quite got to that point of asking them what they did. Mm. Um, but rather than point out, I guess, any particular organisation, I think the, the ones and the stories that I see that are doing really well are the ones that are doing stuff that's visible internally, um, so, for example, making all of their toilets um, gender neutral. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that's a really brave statement. Statement because sometimes it's the internal colleagues that are most difficult to sort of change their, their minds. And I think by organisations doing that, they're being brave enough to say, actually, no, inclusion is important to us. Mm. Um, and these are the type of things we're doing because it's really, I wouldn't say easy, but it's um, it's really. When you get given a, let's just say you want to go for an award, yeah, and you've got a list of things to say, oh, have you done this, this and this, you've got a checklist or something, mm. you know. If, if you did so for that, it's fine, you know, you can get the award and you can be seen externally this, but if you're changing things, if you're actually changing things inside, 
then then that's good. And the toilet that gender neutral one is um it's always an in- interesting topic here at Lloyd's see. So that's why it really springs to mind. Mm. But yeah, I just think organisations doing stuff like that. Mm. And the law firms, I know within the LGBT world, the law firms have been doing great stuff over the last few years. Um so my boyfriend used to work at Stonewall and um he used to manage the law firms. And you know, when you look at how many of them are in sort of the top half of that now it's, it's absolutely immense, mm. you know, some of the things that they're doing. And I think what we don't have the power to do at Lloyd's, but some of the organisations is on a global footprint, mm. you know. People that are brave enough to do that and really challenge some of the different sort of countries that they work in, that's, um, I mean, that's pretty good stuff. Mm. Because, that's yeah. certainly very, where it gets very, can get quite complex. Yeah. Um, but I think we all, we, I think organisations have a responsibility yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah, I totally agree. I think that um, making those internal changes is really key because any organisation really can put some gloss on their website yeah. and make, change change the imagery and, and make put some ba- put some LGBT banners up. But mm-hmm. actually, living it and walking the talk requires making just require making some some changes. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, toilets is <laughs> always yeah. comes up, doesn't it? But there's lots of other things. But if that you look at, um, if you look at, even now, so is it co-op and they've got a adverse, and I think some of their, some of the money where they sell some strawberries and cream or something is going towards a transgender inclusive charity, mm. and lots of people put on social media, um, this is terrible, and this, you know, had this backlash, and actually the person whoever their social media manager this is great because they responded and was kind of like well I hope you begin to see you know this, this is just in, just being inclusive and doing the right thing someone who was young and said something negative kind of like well I hope when you're older you begin to see how important sort of diverse way of thinking is um, so you know so it's stuff like that as well being mm. really brave because I was having a conversation I forgot who it was but here the other day and I would wonder how brave not just lawyers but lots of organisations um would be in that instance because yeah. lots of people just ignore it because they think oh you know we've done our post and and let's just ignore that because yeah. go away yeah. whereas actually if you're responding engaging the conversation yeah. yeah I think you know because you're actually going to hope maybe you will make that person think a little yeah. bit yeah. yeah you know so I think stuff like that is just yeah. where companies are being brave and not just doing what everyone's doing mm. you know Great. So I wanted to finish up. I can tell. I can just tell from the way um, from this conversation how proud you actually you are of the work that, that happens at Lloyd's. Um, but could you pinpoint a couple of examples of things that you think are really you're particularly particularly proud, proud of? of? Yeah. Well, obviously, when we became number one in Stonewall yeah. Index, that's a massive achievement. <laughs> um, there's things like the. We release every day sort of around autism in our branches and about how we're actually aspiring to be autism friendly and we've got various different initiatives around that and commitments. Mm. Yeah. Um, just, I think it was yesterday where there's a, oh, now you were questioning me, something mm-hmm. 500, where we've made a commitment to put disability on the agenda, you know, at a, the board level. Stuff like that right. just makes me really yeah, proud. Yeah. But I guess something really close to my heart is... Um, so I always say that I'm a trans ally. So for the trans community, I'm an ally to those because, well, yeah, people are not nice at all. Um, 
And one of the things that we did here at Lloyd's a couple of years ago now was we um, people can transition on our Reaper Healthcare. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, and we were the first something company. I can't remember the actual the detail, but, we, you know... You were trailblazing. Yes, we were trailblazing. <laughs> That's a good word, yeah. Um, and I'm really proud of that because I think it, we were really brave to do that and people said to Lloyd's that you won't be able to do that. People won't change whatever you know and we did it and now other organizations are talking to us and boop about how they do it there mm-hmm. so it's just a really good example of how we are you know stuff that we're doing yeah it's great for lawyers but we just want it to be great for everyone mm-hmm. and i think that is just one of the signature sort of actions that i think really showcases that mm-hmm. um so we'll have more of that and then the things will be great well, that's really cool and I'm not going to put you on the spot by asking you about the data, but I hope so. I'm sure somebody at Lloyd's is collecting the data on um, how an initiative like that is helping you um, encourage trans the trans community to actually apply for jobs at Lloyd's because yeah. that, that, there's a ripple effect of, of those kinds of initiatives and people get to hear about it and your visibility as a, as a trans-friendly employer will have, will have gone up. So it would be interesting to know... Yeah, no, it is. I think from that actually, there's been lots of positivity in the trans community, Mm. Um, and I personally know one of my colleagues. I won't name her, but um, at the time, they were just um, really understanding, you know, their trans bit and 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 how that's making them who they are. And thanks to sort of off the back of that, they're able to go down this process and are able to, you know, and that actually made them come out at work mm. as being transgender. And now they're one of our role models, you know, because, and I just oh, think yeah. that there and off the back of that, we do lots of things at Sparkle, we support mermaids and, you know, there's all this positivity that mm-hmm. because of the noise it created, um, it enabled colleagues to be trans allies but it also allowed the trans community to know that Lloyd's was there to support them mm. and it doesn't mean that we get everything right right now right right now uh, it doesn't mean we get everything right but we're really trying and we're working with the community that we are building in that space to, to help us but I think just signature actions really show people that mm. we really mean what we're yeah. sort of out to, mm. out to do Fantastic. Well, that is that's the perfect place to, yeah. to wrap up, I think. That's given, that's given me, and I hope everyone listening, a real sense for um, the work that you've been doing here and actually how, how, it, how it works being a role model for you personally alongside your day job and yeah. your passions coming across loud and clear. It's, it's, yeah, it's really moving to hear about your personal experiences as well, so thanks for sharing that with me. No problem. Thanks for coming along. It's been really good to meet you. You too. I hope this episode gave you some ideas that you can replicate in your own organisation. We'd love it if you could leave a review and also subscribe to Reworked so you don't miss our next episode. Diversity and inclusion at work has never been higher up the agenda. The EW Group team includes learning and development specialists, facilitators, researchers and analysts, all with deep expertise in equality, diversity and inclusion. If you think we can help you rework your own culture, please get in touch.